What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Counterculture Podcast to episode two, I believe. Um, yes, sir. It's been a month. It's been a month since... Uh, <laughs> Just about. You know, since uh, we finished the last episode and finally dropped it uh, this past Monday. But yeah, how are you doing today, Anthony? Dude, doing great. Glad we finally got the first episode out. It only took us uh, forever. It took us about like a month, like you said. We filmed that thing like forever ago for everybody else we just posted the first episode yesterday but for us it's been about a month since we've actually been here because we went through a lot of uh technical difficulties making that episode didn't we well you did yeah i did i mean my my final cut pro was uh being a bit yeah. difficult if you get my gist yeah Derek's whole computer i don't even know if did we even say what happened did we like no. say anything on instagram no yeah, because you were supposed to yeah well, you were supposed to also, but whatever. Uh, basically, what happened was Derek's the day before the original release date. Derek was rendering the final product, downloading it like it was all good, and then um, his com- what? Ha- your computer just crashed. Your whole computer just crashed, right? Yeah, my computer just crashed and deleted everything. So yeah, just erase everything. Just erase the whole product, the whole Final Cut Pro file, and then all the files that were used to make the episode were also deleted off his computer. Luckily, I had copies of most uh, most stuff on my computer or on various computers on my iPad, on my old computer. I bought a whole new computer to do this. We went through a lot and we had backups and luckily we were able to salvage it. But that's why I got out so late. And then that was like, we had some more problems too. But um, it happened though. We got the first episode out. We did indeed. It, w- it wasn't perfect. It wasn't perfect. We uh, We had a little bit of a little bit of errors in there but it was pretty good i mean it was good that we got anything out after everything that happened that is true to be honest and like how i posted it yesterday i was like we're dropping and then instagram crash and i was like oh man oh yeah instagram crash at the like exact time that we were like announcing the first episode was out so hopefully people actually saw it although and that's brings me to a just perfect um let me just show you. The um, people viewed it though, man. Um, let me screen share with you right now. Um, dude, my whole Zoom is. Is it tweaking? Yeah, well, let me see. Hold on, bro. We gotta. I gotta quit the meeting. Okay, just quit. Hold it. on. I mean, you got all this though. Yeah, I can see that. You can see it. Yeah, seventy-six views. All right. Yeah. Okay. Look at this. This is pretty good. Seventy-six views. That's pretty solid. It was like twenty-five when you texted me about it like this morning, and eleven subs. I mean, we can bump that number up. We got like 40, 50 followers on Instagram, so people need to step it up. Elevolve one one comment. Thank you. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. go um, back to that comment. What did that say? She said you may not understand the gospel, or you really got the pastor hand movements down, which is very, very accurate. <laughs> He's really got the the. Hey guys, when he goes in on a topic. Wait, isn't there like an air that everyone was complaining about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, you said it's like forty five minutes, dude. Where did I? <laughs> where did I go? Oh yeah, it's 
That's the part I told you went like black and then like you cut out. Just look at that beautiful face. <laughs> this is a one man podcast. That's what that <laughs> that's what everyone came to see. <laughs> and then the background's back, but not me. I don't come back for another like minute and a half, bro. And then there was two of me talking. Well, hey, learning. It's all about learning. It's a work in progress. The two likes is what really matters. All right. People were liking it. Man, we're getting good feedback. I'm just waiting for that one dislike, and then my, my whole career is ruined because of it. Yeah. Who's it going to be? It'll be me. It'll be. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> our ratings just went there down. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So, overall, though, off to a good start. 76 views. First episode actually came out, which is uh, better than we thought we would do at one point wasn't sure it would happen but it happens so. do you know do you know why yeah. it's good um the reason why is because you know sam you know sam's not really that supportive friend but he actually watched the podcast and i was you know <laughs> sam cool. tag did watch the podcast sam tag thank you shout out bro if you're watching this episode thank you for being supportive i was quite happy he, did. he, he was like the the first sex i ever got from anybody about the podcast was sam tag saying uh, by the way, guys, there's an error about 45 minutes in where Anthony's talking over. And there's two of them. I was like, wow, I love the constructive criticism right off the bat. It was the best thing to wake up to. <laughs> yeah. Well, what we got on the agenda today? Um, you got anything? I know you got something. I mean, I mean, I got a few stuff, to be honest. Uh, not really TikToks, because that's, that's not my whole thing. And uh, I was supposed to prepare some TikToks, but... You know, you know me, you, you know me, you know, I'm kind of, I'm more of a wing it type person, but yeah, there's a article that I was reading this past week, um, I think Wednesday and I sent it to you it was with mm-hmm. the, uh, there's two articles actually, you know, one was the one from Israel with that one mom who was, um, charged with, or not charged with murder, but her sons were charged with murder um Mm -hmm. and i mean i can just somewhat summarize the story basically their mom left or convert so she converted to christianity like 10 years ago left left the uh their family because you know they usually you know in that culture over there middle east like if you convert to christianity most of the time you probably get killed to be honest i mean um yeah but you know her fa- so 10 years later we get to 2021 and their dad dies okay the kids dads die and so the mom like whatever you call it um like finally meets um or, or you know for the first time 10 years and the next thing you know like mm-hmm. she goes she goes missing and um the next thing there's a r- police report and everything and they come to figure out that the two sons basically you know here, here's what they did they uh picked her up in their in their car and he strangled her to death with a rope um a rope or his hands um and like the attention was to cause her death and the reason for that is because she converted to christianity which i like mm-hmm. i'm like you know that's kind of like that's kind of scary to be honest because you know like we said last um podcast like persecution in america you know they they say well there's none and it's not like here like 
like so blatantly like to the point of death but overseas you know it really is and another article is uh what we call that nigeria the nigeria post um that i also sent you where the year 2020 alone there's been like 2000 something um murders that like you know of of christian of christian faith um from people in nigeria and it's like i don't ask me but do you ever see that on the news or anything yeah, no. You're making a good point. We were talking about the other day that it hasn't been talked about at all. I hadn't heard about it until you sent it to me. It, it hasn't been talked about at all, and I'm just like really wondering. Like, I, I just, you know, why do you think it's not being talked about? Honestly, I think it. I think it happens a lot more than people realize, and that's probably why is because it's pretty common. You know, that's not abnormal. I mean, there's so many countries in the world where Christians and people of most of many religions are are persecuted and killed, but especially Christians um, globally. And I mean, if not in the U.S. And I mean, like, you know, with China, with the Muslims, like basically at those concentration camps, that was kind of a big deal, to be honest. But like, yeah. For a while it wasn't, but then it yeah it did become a pretty big one, uh, widely talked about thing. And it got like it got super big, and then like you have something like this where basically seventeen Christians die per day in Nigeria from from murder, and like no one's talking about. It. I don't see any news program, no like, in not even like yeah. in the newspaper or, in my, or on these web, news outlets websites, you know I. I was like, man, that's really mm-hmm. that's really surprising to me because like we're 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 really today like we ask ourselves like we want to be there for the people who can't speak up for themselves, but like I mean something like that. Like I'm not saying just with Christianity, but just with these cases right here, no one's speaking up about, it, and it's kind of really sad, um, in my honest opinion. Yeah, no, I agree. It's it's interesting that. And even if you wanted to speak about it, it's um, not being talked about. You know, how, I mean, how are we supposed to do something about it if we just don't know about it and if people are keeping us from knowing about it, which is a really scary. It's, it's like you said, it's a scary thing to imagine um, just how much more is actually happening. Like if we had to work really hard and go to some uh, not mainstream news site to find out about this, imagine how much stuff's going on, going on that there's zero coverage on let me ask you something yeah do you think america will ever get like that almost certainly at some point i don't know about like in our lifetime well maybe in our lifetime who knows but almost certainly i mean isn't that what the book of revelation is all about about the end times when yeah the government will christians will be persecuted so i mean it's got to get to that point at some point yeah i mean I look at it like it's kind of like persecution in America today is like really kind of really silent. Like it's not really noticeable, but like it's like I can't really describe like how it happens. But like if subtle. yeah, it's it's, it's subtle, very subtle and like if you have a certain set of beliefs, like you know, there's a lot of people today in America like you know, I, I've noticed this. They're like, well, you know, we're all for everyone's beliefs. You know, we, we, we give them, like, 
They're all 100% right. But, like, when Christianity mm-hmm. speaks up or someone says something like, you know, Jesus is the the way, the truth, and the 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 lie, and, like, is he the only way? Guess what? Everyone gets super mad, and they're like, hey, right. you don't know what you're talking about. And they're, like, basically being hypocritical. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's, like, very subtle. But it's, like, I would say it's not with, in a sense, like, murdering people, but with more of words and, like, really going after them. Sometimes even canceling them, to be honest. I mean, it, right? Yeah. So it's very much cultural, more than it is like physical or like uh, from the government. It's very much cultural. It's not. Um, I mean, that's what we talked. That's what we looked at last time. We were on TikTok and we we're looking at all the different. I mean, these people are very popular in the culture, and this stuff is really popular in the culture. And it, it's not popular in the culture to be Christian, and it's very much looked down upon and attack i mean let me let me so. ask you something but like you know you know all these mega churches though like like hillsong mm-hmm. united bethel elevation super super big um there's some you know matt chandler um he has a giant he's kind of a popular pastor giant church down in texas but you know they're kind of those churches are kind of glorified like and they have thousands right. of thousands of thousands of people who go through there every single weekend, and I mean, mm-hmm. I I I ask myself, I'm like, well, like, why why is that? You know why why is when yeah. when one church says like, we we can take uh you know John MacArthur right, you know him, mm-hmm. pastor on L A like people hate him because he kind of he. Like, yes, he's very, you know, I'd say very blunt in what he says, but, you know, what he says is true, and it's very biblical, mm-hmm. but, like, people hate that. And I just wonder, like, isn't the right. gospel, like, like I said, it's, like, supposed to be, I think I might have said it last time, supposed to offend people. But, like, why isn't it offending people at these churches? Why are these churches gaining so many more followers, Um, even when the culture is going away from biblical teaching you know yeah how are how are those churches like hillsong and stuff remaining so popular even though people yeah are coming? is it yeah i mean it would depend on what they teach if they're teaching very um not wrong things but the if they're only teaching the really easy to accept things then it'd be pretty easy for them to retain their popularity even as the culture shifts very much away from christianity yeah i mean I look at it though, like so, like today, like you know, like today, people are more than anything looking for for hope, you know, coming out of the global pandemic, mm-hmm. you know, and like they're running to these churches, like Elevation or or these big mega churches now, you know, that are super big, and they just like, and they're just getting this giant influx of people, and they're coming in there and like. For me, like, I often wonder, like, is the church today really becoming too much like the culture, in a sense? Like, is it really becoming too much like the culture? Because, like, let's let's take worship, for example. Now, worship can mean many things, mm. but, like, just worship, singing, like, you know, like how they have all the lights yeah, and all that, it, like, mm-hmm. very, uh, you know, it's it, it's kind of entertaining. It really is um yeah like you're talking about like the more like 
concert yeah concert like you know like services for sure you think that's you you're, you think that's too much like like i don't know what, what would you say like popular culture like secular you think that's too much like that? i mean it's tough to tell to be honest like it really is i mean mm-hmm. are we coming to church every sunday to show up to a concert no i mean but like here's the thing like most of those big churches like this is what i see most of the big churches that do people who come there or listen to the preach or the pastor's sermon is because they heard their music and they're Mm. like you know and they go there like oh wow look at this church like very concert s and like if you go to the like i don't know like if you go to a mega church like you see like the bright lights and you know this all this like kind of um i don't really know how to describe it but like really like the whatever you call it um can't think today yeah it's like it with all the lights and the light yeah it's like a concert like, like yeah, yeah it's like a concert but like do you think like in a like i don't know where i'm going with this but like so like with that do you think it's too it's too for some christian to say well that's just too much you think that's wrong of them to say that i don't think so i would say that's too much i i don't know that it's too much I don't know. I would say it's too much like popular culture and like secular culture for me, but I have a personal preference against it. Like I just don't like the stuff like that, like where it's like a concert and it's like loud with the band and the the lights flashing and strobe lights and all that stuff. Like it's just and like not my thing. I'm not into it. You know, I find it more. I don't know when it comes to like. When it comes, when you put that and then you make it like like Christian music like that, it I don't know, it comes off as more cringy to me, or even if it's not cringy, I just don't yeah, enjoy it. And I, you know, as a personal preference, though, I don't know that it's I don't know that it's bad. I don't I, would, I don't think I would say it's bad, but it's just personally, I'm not into it. Do you know like the other times like you ever been to a church where like where the pastors it's at the end he's he's speaking and they come out and play like the piano. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. like <laughs> I cannot you, you know i get that makes me want to laugh every time he'll start praying i'm like into it i'm like rocking with this prayer and then they'll hit the piano note and i'm just like i like i like i don't I'm like don't don't I, laugh yeah don't i'm like laugh. i don't know how to like in this, this handle that because you're like you're just sitting there you, the next thing you know you hear the the piano i'm like are they t- like trying to play the role of like because like you know like some music like kind of kind of gives off this like i don't know it's like if you watch a motivational video with the music in the background it sells it yeah it with the music sells it. It. it's and i wonder if they like yeah. try to make the the music to be like kind of like the holy spirit and it and it's exactly what they're trying to do yeah they're it's like the the music's supposed to make the piano like little guitar strumming it's supposed to make it sound more emotional more intense and i'm just like eh, i don't know like if he's like reading the bible and they're doing that i'm like I don't know. I I think the Bible sounds good enough on its own. I don't think you need to add all that stuff. Yeah, and like you know what I mean. I don't. I don't need you to play a little piano behind it to make my spirit connect to it. You know what I mean? It's I'm okay I'm like, without it. I can I can listen to the Bible and be like, yeah, that's awesome. Without without. The- yeah, and it's like I just find I just like find it super funny every single time it happens because you're like, are they like they're trying to get this emotion out of you? 
like the like the low it kills kind of kind of the sad sentimental but hopeful music type deal but like here's Mm -hmm. the thing like so like you know like most of these so big churches usually these bigger churches like mega churches with like maybe 15 16 17 different locations all over the world maybe you know they all have Mm -hmm. bands that make songs so you know you know how like with these bands and and these like they have songs but like you have like these these pastors who kind of teach like um different um like different gospels in a sense like you know the prosperity gospel right like where they teach like if you believe you'll get health wealth and prosperity which isn't the case um but like right. you look at these songs, you think like for those churches that have those worship bands, you know, who make songs, you think like as like Christians, should we should we listen to those songs even though like maybe their pastor is preaching a different message? Because some most pastors today like really are trying mm. to become more like the culture to let more people in, to let more people in, and to not right. like you know. Uh, no. Yeah. So you're saying, yeah. Do you you're saying like like Hillsong, for mm-hmm. example, like if their pastor is preaching stuff that's like not right, but should we still listen? To me? I mean, hmm. It's a good question. I, I I don't know. I think you would have to take it on a on a case by case uh, case by yeah. case basis. You know what I mean? Like if you you can if they have a certain song that you like and it's all like, you know, it's not like it's singing about bad stuff and it's, it's all correct theology, I guess Mm -hmm. behind the lyrics. Then I don't see a problem with that. Even though, even if their pastor has been preaching some iffy stuff, you know what I mean? But then, you know, they might have another song that has that same iffy stuff that their pastor has been preaching about. And then you might not want to listen to that song. So I think you would take it on a case by case thing, you know, I can listen to their good music that teaches good stuff without listening to their, um, to their pastor's sermons. If he's speaking about bad stuff or if he's, or to another one of their songs, if they're, if it has bad theology. So I think you can take it on an individual. Yeah. Basis, do you think you like, know? so for me, I kind of think I, I agree with you on that. Um, but I also like, I look at it like people who are young in their faith. So like people who are really young in their mm-hmm. faith really don't know the difference between, you know, doctrine, what's right, correct. Yeah. Good and they, they go listen and they, you know, for me, like, I don't want to worship a false, you know, a false Jesus. You feel me? And like most younger believers, you know, I'm kind of a younger believer, but you know, I've grown so much in the past, you know, two, three years where now, like, I kind of notice these errors in these songs. But, like, as a younger believer, like, I didn't mm-hmm. notice at all. I mean, so do you think, like, younger right. people or like, younger people in faith who just found Jesus? Because, like, should they believe, you know, or not believe, I mean, listen to these songs? Yeah. Um, hmm. I think for a lot of people, it's a really great way to get into the faith if you're a new believer like that kind that type of music is really a way to get you like into mm-hmm. going to church and into so i think i I'm, i think it's effective like what those mega churches yeah. and those those types of bands are trying to do is effective but yeah i think it can hmm that's really tough 
because I think it can spark the correct type of passion if that's what you're into if you're into that type of music you know regardless of the lyrics even if the lyrics are a little iffy and then it can spark the correct type of passion for you to grow and then maybe realize oh that song wasn't 100% on it you know what I mean so but then at the same time it could also run the risk of making you hmm, what's the right word mm-hmm. complacent I guess in you know being into this theology and these songs complacent in this easy to digest yeah you know what i mean like it, it can i think it can definitely give people the wrong impression especially new believers but at the same time it could like i said spark passion that makes them want to learn more and then they find out okay that was the song mm-hmm. but it's not you know that song isn't isn't scripture it's not 100 percent on it all the time you know so i really i'm not finding my truth to the lyrics of the song i'm finding my truth to scripture even if i might enjoy these songs so I think, um, like with anything, if you're smart about it and if you're just like, if you're a young believer, as long as you have basic discernment in some wisdom, you can let it, I don't, I don't see a problem with it. Do you think like, so I kind of, I've heard, I heard this like argument and this person said like, he's talking about music. Okay. And he's like, I don't think there's any such thing as like christian music or any i think it's just music is a work of art and there's music that glorifies god and there's music that doesn't but that doesn't like but like he makes his case how like really like even through all these worship songs like i don't know say oceans by hillsong or so those songs right there like they're really they're really just a work of art art and they can glorify god or like if we use another song like i don't know maybe drake or something like that like where he most of the time doesn't glorify god and is is speaking like do you do you agree upon that point um and like if so like if so or not you know do you think like as christians should we be listening to you know I guess secular music because he kind of makes a point how there's no such thing as secular Christian. It's just music's a work of art. It's like paintings or anything else, you know? Yeah. Um, I think, I think he's, I think he's right in that it's all within the same art form of mm-hmm. music. Like it is all an art form, right? Yeah. Um, doesn't, I mean, art doesn't necessarily mean it's good, but it's still like an art form, you know? And so it's all, so I think he's right. And then some of it is glorifying to God and some of it isn't. So yeah. Then what was your, your follow up question was, do you, do I think that Christians should be listening yeah, like, to that? Yeah. Like those types of musics, or do you think they should stick to, you know, certain types, you know, or. See, it's a hard question for me because if I say, I don't think, well, for multiple reasons. One, if I say no, Christians shouldn't be listening to that stuff, then I'm a hypocrite because yeah, I yeah. listen to that stuff all the time. Yeah. That's actually like all I listen to. I don't listen to Christian music at all, really, which is maybe a bad confession I make in the podcast, <laughs> but I just don't. <laughs> I really don't. Like I said, like yeah. this, like the contemporary Christian music, like the place like the church when it's all like the concerts or whatever, that's just not my thing. I can't be, I'm not into it, you know? Um, so 
I'd be kind of a hypocrite if I say no, but, um, which is, I mean, we all are, I guess. But, yeah. But then at the same time, that wouldn't leave me with very many options because if I, if I say I shouldn't listen to secular music, but I also don't like listening to contemporary Christian music, then basically I'm saying all I can listen to is hymns and like, <laughs> <laughs> and, and the songs of the purists or something. You know what I mean? So it's a tough question. I, I don't, I don't, I don't see a problem. Honestly, yeah. I don't see a problem with listening to secular music. Like there is some secular music that I just can't be into. Like there are some like, like as much as I love a lot of like rap and stuff, like a lot of it's really focused on like sex and drugs and all that. And I just can't be into that. You know what I mean? I just can't be into songs no matter how good they are, if that's all they focus on. And whoops. Um, and so I think there's a way though to listen to secular music, but still be, I mean, not all secular music is bad. Like, I think there is, I think there's often a, um, to use a, a big, a big term, a false dichotomy, like that there's only two options. There's either Christian music that's glorifying to God yeah. and secular music that disgraces God. But there's, I mean, there's stuff that's not explicitly Christian yeah, yeah. music, like the stuff that you wouldn't play in church, but it's not like all this horrible degrading stuff. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's still secular music that isn't church music, but it's not bad. So I think mm-hmm. that's, that middle place is, in a, is a perfectly okay, yeah, okay yeah. place to be, even though it's secular music made by non-Christian people about not explicitly Christian things, you know? Yeah. So I don't think it's, I don't, I don't think it's a problem. Yeah. To listen to secular music. Yeah. I think, see, like many Christians, like there's a lot of Christians or not a lot, but like there's a small majority is like, well, you're not supposed to listen to this type of music. You're going to listen to that type or you're going to go to hell. Which isn't the case. Mm-hmm. It, it is in the case. Like if, if we're being honest, at the end of the day, I think like for me, for me personally, like I used to listen to a lot of rap, but like I was kind of convicted because like you know some like explicit rap was causing me to like you know kind of you know have bad language, like you know you know have some mm-hmm. you know bad words coming out of the mouth. Not to sound like pretty, it kind of sounds very. uh I don't know what you yeah, up, up, all the time. yeah a Puritan kind of me saying that, but yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, like it was causing me to have like somewhat of these like bad thoughts and stuff, and you know, just really taking me away from God. So I like cut it off because I was convicted, and I I think people should go. Mm-hmm. I mean, based off of conviction, and like, there's some music really like I mean, like I said, like. There's some music I think some people should stay away from, but like all music, no. But I mean, there's some music yeah. that, like, I mean, if we're being honest, somewhat worships the devil, like in the song, like, like, oh, like, right. like Little Nas right. X or something like that, and like, literally, mm-hmm. I was doing parking one day. That'll be something to talk about. I was doing parking one day at church, and you know, is it Monetero, the new song? Oh, yeah, I don't even. I... I don't the one he like get honestly. where he like slides down on a pole to whatever you call it how yeah so, so yeah call me by your name or something like that and some kid was you can just say that some some kid was bumping that coming out when I was doing parking I was like thinking to myself I was like like if you see like the music video that I'm like I wouldn't even want to touch that 
<laughs> you know i wouldn't even want to touch that because like yeah. it made me super i couldn't even like i watched like the first 30 seconds of the music video and i like, felt super uncomfortable i was like dude no no yeah, I, I, would be. I dipped i was like no way no way but yeah like i th- I think like you said we should have discernment on what type of music we have like we listen to mm-hmm. it and if like if convicts us not to listen to that type of music then don't listen to that type of music you know yeah, I think there's a perfectly fine place for like there are things that aren't explicitly like morally wrong. Like I said, listening to that like in between type of music, or even listening to secular, just secular music, that kind of in between music. Um, even that's not explicitly like morally wrong, yeah. or like not like an evil described in the Bible, or whatever. But you can have a perfectly valid yeah. personal conviction just not to listen to any of that and just to only listen to christian music like some people that's just how it is like you said when you were listening to a lot of secular music and you just felt like you just need to like detox yeah. from it almost you know what i mean and just because it was having an influence on you and that can happen and you just need to take a break and detox yourself from that so you can freshen up your mindset and um i think that's probably okay to do that to take your breaks from it and to listen to up to christian types of music as well if that's what you feel like you're being convicted to do because you you know yourself you know what types of stuff you struggle with like if you struggle not to like cuss yeah and you're listening to music that just cusses a ton obviously that causes you to like want to cuss more i mean that happens to me especially like watch a tv show or something have you ever seen the show punisher i i've heard of it do you ever watch that show? i've heard of it yeah when that show first came out um they cuss so much in that show and I love that show. I've watched it multiple times at this point. But I remember after it first came out, I like binge watched all of it like in a week. And they just cussed so much. And I found myself almost cussing mm-hmm. so much, like exactly like they would in the show. And so that's just, and so that's perfectly like, you know yourself, you know what your temptations are towards. And so you can take a break from that if you, if you feel like that's what you need. And that's perfectly okay. And if you're being convicted to that, like by the Holy Spirit, then at that point i would say it's morally wrong not to listen to that conviction so for you so that's yeah how do you how do you how do you feel about that do you think in that case that there can be different morals for different people like if your moral conviction is to do one thing and mine is like if you, if i don't struggle with yeah. you know cussing at all and i were to watch some show that had a lot of language in it um that would be fine with me like if you struggle with that and you watch a show that has a ton of cussing it and you start cussing a bunch, even though you know you shouldn't, and you have a, a conviction to stop watching that show, would that mean that our, that'd be like, we have different morals almost. Like we have different moral convictions and that'd be okay for you to, that'd be, that would be right for you to follow that conviction and stop watching that show. And it wouldn't necessarily be right or wrong for me to watch the show. Yeah. Not. I mean, I forget what verse it is. Um, it's just interesting the idea that we can have different morals than other people because yeah. morality is, seems very black and white but <laughs> for sure I mean it's really I mean it's like this okay so you're in a relationship and mm-hmm. with a girl and maybe one relationship like one with Hopefully. you have two relationships or two, two couples you know one struggles mm-hmm. with I don't know sexual sin you know, they have to set boundaries. Mm. So maybe they can't hold hands now because that causes them, or kiss, 
causes them to you know in the right. bible it doesn't blatantly say like you can't kiss before marriage like it doesn't say that blatantly or but you have this other couple right. who not tempted by that so they can hold hands because they're not tempted to go farther yeah or if they do kiss like they're not tempted to go farther you know yeah and i mean i think people now just really try like the fine things like not like the littlest things where like the bible's really not you know clear on it they try to blatantly like mm-hmm. put a you know like a it's a hundred percent it's a hundred percent like it's my way or the highway this is what the bible says but like with with secular listening to secular music i i think there's a couple of verses people try to use i totally forget what ones but like with kissing they try to use these different vo- verses and saying that's why you can't kiss can't do anything hold hands and all that which it's not blatantly really? in the bible but I, I know people i've never heard of these verses. i know people use blatantly like let's see music verses because like i was looking on tiktok and i forget what verse was like there are like things christians don't shouldn't do and it was like secular music and they put a verse um hmm. and i mean i guess for me like personally i mean when i stopped listening to really secular music which like i said it's like it's really like hard to define i mean all because you put god in your song doesn't mean it's christian like if we want to but like i kind of like for me i kind of felt closer to god because i kind of rooted that 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 away you know and it probably it, it probably brought me closer to God, you know, because you know, for me, I you know, listening to more songs that I guess kind of glorify God, you know, really helped me lean in more onto His Word. Because like, if I was reading, I don't know, or if I was listening to Drake, you think I would crack open the Bible and read it? No, like no. Mm. But it kind of like gave me this daily reminder, like, hey, I need to pray to God. Oh, hey, I need to read his word. Like, it's like, hey, God's important. That's like, that's what happened to me when I started to cut off secular and sort of and more like kind of more God-based, Christian-based music, um, if we like to label it that way. Um, but yeah, did you find any verses where they try to use? Yeah, I did. I found a very interesting article about, it, about kissing before marriage. Oh, really? Yeah, you should. We should totally look at this right now. This is very interesting. Share it, because they make an interesting argument that actually. Let me just get that entire screen here. Mm-hmm. But I mean, for me, like, I would think, like, Bobby. like for me, like with kissing before marriage or whatever you call it, like that can lead for most. Okay, most couples, that can lead to like further temptation because, like, as we know, like as we know. It's never enough to, like, it's never enough. Like, if we kiss someone, we always want more. Like, you feel me? So I can kind of see, like, that route where mm-hmm. it may tempt us to go even farther. And we just keep for, or going forward and forward until, boom. Yeah. That's kind of what this, this article talks about. Um, let me show you. Let me go. Where are you at? Um, let me share my screen. Look at this. It's kissing before marriage is sin. What does the Bible say? Um, in case you guys don't know, 
kissing and French kissing are very common activities between both couples and <laughs> who are dating and married couples. <laughs> um, so these are, they give, it says it lists two verses, but they actually list three. This one is the first one. Second Timothy 2.22, now flee from youthful lusts and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Um, so it talks about fleeing strong lusts from you that occur in youth. So they're saying that it implies, you know, youthful lust, sexual lust, you know, uh-huh. but just fleeing from sin in general and from the desire to sin. So don't intentionally cause yourself to experience. Yeah, this is this is their intervention. The first teaches that we are not to intentionally cause ourselves to experience the passions that are especially strong at a young age. So we shouldn't intentionally be trying to get turned on. Yeah. Do you think... Which is what kissing does, apparently. Do you think... So let me ask you something. Do you think, like... So when you lust, like... So it's like a strong sexual desire. Like, when you're married, like, is that still yeah. a sin? Well, no. So I was, Not if it's for your wife. Yeah, like, I was, I, was, I was thinking that. I was like... If you're lusting for someone else... I wasn't yeah. 100%. I was like, well, like, you know. There, don't worry. You can be attracted to your wife <laughs> when you have one. I'm sure, I'm sure that's fine. This one's from Matthew eighteen seven. Woe, woe to the world because of its stumbling blocks. For it is inevitable that stumbling blocks come, but woe to that man through whom the, through whom the stumbling blocks. Well, come. I mean, I guess I can see like if you cut off the temptation, you cut off the sin. Basically, it's like it's like with uh, was it Joseph? Yeah, it was Joseph where he like ran away from that one lady, um, the Pharaoh's wife. Is that? Yeah. And he, he uh, cut off that. Uh, yeah. Potiphar. And he cut off that. So I, I can see the point, like, to be honest. I mean, I can. Yeah, it says this means it's a sin for unmarried man or woman to do anything that will cause himself or herself to be intentionally sexually stimulated. It's also a sin to cause another person to be, to be sexually stimulated unless we are married to that person. Because then you're, te- you're tempting them in the sin. That's mm. interesting. There's another one for Corinthians. But because of immoralities, each man is to have his own wife and each woman to have her own husband. Well, we've been, yeah, for sure. We talked about that in, oh, we talked about that in the first, the first time we recorded the first episode. When we made that first, when we did uh-huh. recorded the whole first episode and then your camera didn't record it. So we had to redo the first episode. Um, we talked about that, about, you know, getting married young because sexual desire and temptations towards sexual yeah, sin yeah. and stuff is very prevalent in our youths and so to avoid that just get married and then you can have all the sex you want and it's not sinful and so you're avoiding you know like the longer you stay single the harder it is to avoid all the all the temptations yeah, yeah. you know well it, it looks like the next person so that's what this is it looks like the next person i'm the, ne- the next person i'm dating i'm not gonna kiss or hold hands. Oh, well, I mean, I, I'm making that right. goal. <laughs> so, ladies, whoever I date next, just know that. <laughs> um. So, is kissing marriage? Uh. Bottom line, in order to flee sexual lust and to help others. 
to whom we are not married flee sexual lust. It is recommended that kissing and French kissing be avoided until the wedding day, when the preacher announces the groom may kiss the bride. A young woman, a young one once said, when the kissing starts, the thinking stops. Oh, that was a bar. Dude, that was pretty that was good. A bar right there. When the kissing starts, the thinking stops. Couldn't have put it better myself. That, that is, that is. I guess it would be worth waiting. Jeez, they're calling you out, bro. How important is your obedience oh. to God, Derek? <laughs> is it important enough to stop kissing until marriage? I mean, that's kind of tough. These are these are their their tips. They're helpful tips. I mean, things to say. Please stop. I do not believe in kissing before marriage. Why don't you <laughs> slow down? Let's control our emotions. I love that one. Slow down. Excuse me. I am not interested in that. <laughs> if a girl, if a girl said that to me. If I tried to kiss a girl and she said, excuse me, I'm not interested in that. I... <laughs> I no. Probably tell uh, it's a sending a sexually stimulated uh, phone, right? Yeah. We need um, to add one. You know what it is? So if like they try to lean in and kiss you, kiss you, here's what you do. You take her and you just throw her down and start running away. <laughs> run out the, If you're at a house, run away. Drive off. That's a different type of sin, bro. Oh, is that something you would do there? Have you done that? Have you pulled that one before? I wish. No, I just played. <laughs> that's a yeah. That's a that's a very it's uh, a very interesting point. I that's I kind of like I kind of I mean, like I said, it's kind of like saying like because it can lead you into that that sin, like that temptation to lust or that sin to lust, you know. So I kind right. I see the point. Um, I, I think it's a lot like the music one where it's like a personal yeah. conviction because not everybody is just like from mm-hmm. kissing or even from like making out is just so overcome with lust that they just can't control themselves and just have to sin. You know what I mean? Or like they're just so, I mean, some people it's just kissing is just showing affection. It's like would turn them on as much as a hug. So for some people it's just not, something that they need to avoid because it's not something that tempts them into yeah. further sin. And right? I mean, uh, um, but for some people that is a big temptation and they shouldn't even, they should probably just a couple, a couple of verses they use for secular or secular music, not listening to is once first Corinthians fifteen thirty three, which is don't be fooled by those who say such things for b- bad uh, company corrupts good character. So kind of that sense where like that music mm. can like because like if you dwell on something like if you listen to something like so much like you're kind of you'll repeat what it's saying like and without you even knowing it like it'll just come out you know I I can see like uh, another yeah. verse is uh, let's see where is it at um, Philippians four eight it says finally brothers and sisters so basically like. Let me just read the verse, actually. Uh, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So basically, like I said, does it honor God at the end of the day? And like, I guess like really that's a thing. Really, we need to, like for me, I think that's, or for everyone, that's a thing. Like if we're going to do something, like at the end of the day, does it honor God? in it does it glorify mm-hmm. god and i can 
kind of I I can see the point, and it's like with secular secular music like it's it's really hard. Like I said, to draw that line. I mean, it's it's super hard, and like yeah, I still uh, I mean. If we say, like you said, if we say, well, we don't listen, we shouldn't listen to that music, like, we, we're hypocrites, because we do. Um, b- right, which is, yeah. But, I mean, it's kind of unavoidable. Though, I, I don't think like, if it doesn't, if it doesn't lead you away from God, I don't think, like, the self-convictions, like, your convictions, like, then, you know. Right. Um, which is. I think you, you just have to have. The sermon. The sermon. That's basically how all. It's the same thing with the kissing. Same thing with the music. Just and be and the pastors who you yeah. If it leads and the pastors you listen to, you have to have discernment and like this the song even with worship songs yeah. like you're saying discernment on. Um and you know another thing you know mm-hmm. I was watching today, I was telling you before a sixty minutes news article since we're on like Hillsong United and all that. Well, like there came out a bunch of like um. Like, I want to know, like, like sexual abuse and assault that came out of the church recently where mm-hmm. women have been raped and they try to cover it up. And I forget what else. Um, there's something else today where that one guy, I don't know if he stepped down. Um, you know, Brian Houston. So he, Brian he, Houston? he was yeah, found I'm not guilty right of concealing sexual abuse, which is surprising, but there's been like, it was a whole 60 minutes on Australia and how like one woman was raped by a youth pastor and another woman was assaulted and they said they were going to take care of it. Okay. But like the next thing you know, the lady was like, yeah, I saw that he got a raise and they said, um, they were like, they were like, um, well, you know, we all need forgiveness, which is true. But, like, my question to you is, like, as pa- like, if you're a pastor, shouldn't you be held to the highest standard because you know, like, this? Like, you know the ins and outs. Mm-hmm. If you're a pastor, you, you know the ins and outs of the Bible. What's right, what's wrong. You're supposed to be leading the flock, shepherding them to God. Not away, not doing, you know, stuff like that. So, like, to me, like, do you think, like, they should have gave a raise and, like, forgave that pastor and gave him a raise into a higher position? Or do you think they should have just let him go? This pastor, you're not talking about um, Brian Houston, no, it, So, Brian Houston was the, is the lead pastor who found all the churches, but there's another youth pastor. So, they had okay. multiple different locations all Who was, yeah, and he was, yeah. he was the one accused. And he was no, he's found, found guilty. guilty. Not Brian Houston. No, the youth oh, pastor. He's found the the youth no, no, pastor no, no, yeah, was found guilty. Pastor. Right, and you're saying yeah, should, 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 should he have been forgiven and let back, even though he was a pastor, even though he shouldn't, even though anyone would know better, but like as a youth, as a pastor. Oh, so like, if he like, you're talking about like if he repents, you're talking about like if he repents and tries to come back, yeah. should they welcome him back? Yeah. Even though he's done that in the past. Like once he, he didn't go to jail. jail. It was like sexual harassment. So one person raped, the other one like touched her inappropriately or something like that, found guilty. Um and that's the one who was hmm. um 
That still seems like something you go to jail for, but. But like, if it was, you know, I mean, I'll find a story. But you can, you can start talking. Like, would you hire back that pastor? Would you forgive him, hire him back? Yeah. Um... Hmm. <laughs> I don't know that I would. It, it's tough. It's tough to find the line between forgiveness and repentance and grace and um, giving those chances like God does because you know we can't no, no, nobody's okay, it sounds so um, what's the word it sounds so dismissive of something so horrible to say that well nobody's perfect but if we were all, you know, God doesn't discriminate in terms of those different types of sins. Like he'll, he'll forgive someone who is a sexual abuser as much as he would someone who gossips, you know, both of those people get the same amount of grace at the end of the day, if they repent and come to him in the right way. So, and obviously we want, we want to mimic that. And as the church, we should mimic that. But so it's hard to find the line between that and also the idea that our um, the leaders of our church should be um, of good reputation. They should be of uh, they should be able to be trusted. They should, you know, like by by the congregation. Like the congregation should trust them. They should have a good reputation. They should be, um, what is that verse that talks about being above reproach or having not the appearance of evil, not even just not being evil, but not even having the appearance of evil. And then you have this guy who the congregation probably doesn't trust, who has a bad reputation, who people will assume and maybe, maybe wrongly assume, but, you know, for good reason, assume that he'll do stuff in the future and, it's just not a, is that someone you want leaving the church despite how much you might forgive them? I don't know where the line would be, honestly, because you could say maybe you give him a lower position in the church and then work, you know, have him just stay there uh, or uh, maybe a certain position where he can, you know, gain back trust and get back to somewhere where he you know, is more given more authority. That is tough. That's really tough. It's really tough. Okay, let me tell let me tell you what the woman said. So here's what happened. So it they have a college, I guess. So this lady was a part of their college, and they were having a a party where they were there was people drinking. So only the men could drink. And this pastor, um, let's see what's his name. He was like the. Let's see, I'm sorry I can't share this with you, but um but he, he was a pastor, like something a, a pastor over there who was part of the college and he had too many drinks. So basically he was drunk. They admitted that. I think Brian Houston go. admitted that in a video. But here's what she says. Anna Crusher or Crenshaw says. She says Jason so the pastor's name's mm-hmm. Jason. 
Jason grabbed me, putting his hand between my legs and his head on my stomach, and began kissing my stomach. I felt his hands and arms wrapped around my legs, making contact with my inner thigh button crouch. So, and it said, the who sent it going down, it said, according to court documents, um, the magistrate who sentenced, so he was sentenced. Okay. Um, um, they here here is a so basically stated they Hillsong hit it so basically Hillsong hit it the story the woman says like I don't up. know how they basically Supposedly. covered it up because they didn't believe the the lady until the lady's dad who's a pastor in Pennsylvania decided to step in and say something then they finally found um, then they finally decided to investigate it the dudes found guilty. Um, and they said, so this dude was drunk. A pastor was drunk. You know what the Bible says? Shouldn't be drunk. Okay, there's another, you know, that's another ding. But they say, they try to say, well, he just hugged her. Mm. I mean, he tried to hug her. And there's another place where Brian Johnson said something where he was just drunk. And, you know, he was just a young kid, drunk. And he deserved a second chance. And then a point. So, like, as pastors, like... As you were saying, but like for me, like I see a pastor as like not the best of the best Christians because we're no one's perfect. We all fall short, but like pastors should, in a sense, like be they're held to a higher standard as I think First Timothy or Second Timothy, and they'll be judged higher because mm-hmm. as you know, they know they know the word. And like for me, like I look at this one, why would they cover it up, Hillsong? I mean, I don't know how you know this lady's come out, you know. And I mean, she could be lying or she couldn't. But like if we take, you know, even though he's found guilty, he was found guilty. So basically she wasn't lying. But like if we say to ourselves like, well, if these are the men that we have in our pulpits sexually getting drunk and abusing women, Mm -hmm. you know, assaulting women, like that wouldn't be in a sense a good look. Right. And that's why they didn't come out with it. That's why they investigated and reported to police until after her dad got into it. So, I mean, if that helps clarify anything, like, I'm not saying, like, well, he can't be forgiven. But if he should be let back in the pulpit to preach, you know, for me, I don't think he should. It's like with the other Hillsong uh, person named Carl Lentz. Do you remember him? No. So, like, he was a celebrity pastor of Justin Bieber? Mm. No, he had that. He had the affair. He had. Oh, <laughs> he had the affair. He was married. He so celebrity. He was basically a celebrity pastor, and he had this affair with this one chick. Was married, had like three kids. Okay. Guess what? They fired him for the moral really? for the for the moral for the moral um failure. This was a moral failure on this dude's part. Yeah. So course. shouldn't he have been like, oh. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. None of these people should be pastors. None of these people should be leaving the church in any way, shape, or form. Uh, I was just talking about, like, if down the line they, like, Mm -hmm. repented and they were wanting a second chance, certainly all these people should be gone from leadership entirely. But, yeah, for sure. I mean, they should all be in jail for the rest of their lives. In my opinion, so they shouldn't have the opportunity to leave the church. But, um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know that the people with that type of, 
reputation should be leaving the church. I, 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 I just don't. I don't know. So this dude is. So his name's the dude. I won't. I don't. I'll give his first name, not his last. But it's an article on Christian Today. His name's Jason. Um, and he's like the creative director and the head of Sync at Hillsong Music. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's the a dude, and like that's what it says on their LinkedIn, I guess. But like I look at it, and I'm like, I mean, we all fall short at the end of the day, like we really do. But like a pastor, I mean, right? A a pastor, like I look at him like a pastor, mm-hmm. like a people who go through who dedicate their lives to you know basically gives their whole life to the lord you know they're not you know being a pastor you know most pastors don't make a lot of money mm-hmm. and so it's a it's a stressful job you know and like he gives his life to lord you know it's like hey my whole life's yours you're gonna use it i'm a pastor i'm i'm held to the highest standard but you know you know like but how do you fall so short morally or like yeah morally in this instant like i know he was drunk but like i it's just it's really hard for me to understand i guess you know to be honest like yeah it really is i mean it's like it's like that one dude you remember uh the one dude who's harvest christian who like laundered like a bunch of money um from the church all these christian these church scandals i never no you remember you remember zach zach higby yeah so that guy his his, the lead pastor at his church james mcdonald or you remember him bald dude Mm, no he basically he he basically like stole i'm pretty sure millions of dollars from like um what we call it but like millions of dollars from a church but like well the point i'm getting to is like these mega churches are having these like basically you know these men in power like they're doing you know they're they're super big they're serving people every single week but like is there really something that's going like in a sense behind the scenes Mm -hmm. because like all over you see like do you they do they are they getting too glorified like, are these mega churches glorifying their pastors more than they're glorifying God? Because I remember Carl Lentz, or I can use Rafi Zacharias. You know him? Yeah, yeah. We, we, like how he that. was, how he was basically, his whole life was a lie. You know, with all the you know sexual scandals that came out with him. Yeah. And like, why? Why do you think like? I know there's a, but like with all these mega giant, you know, pastors, you know, part of these big churches, like, why do you think they fall so short? Like, in a sense, why do they fall? Like, I I know we all fall short morally and all that, like, but like, yeah, no, it seems worse than the, than the average Christian, I guess. Hmm. But I mean, there's no, but like sin sin is sin. So sin is all equal. Like they have different consequences, but like just these guys, like the men, are the people who are who are basically influ or influ can't speak, but are very like um, influential. Yeah, like very influential. Or I can't speak. <laughs> that's gonna be it. That's but like they're they're super. They're, they're doing all this stuff, you know, leading yeah. people to God. And they're living a fake life, and I guess like a lot of us, even average, like are us 
I, I say Christians because, like, I don't really care. Like, if you're a mega pastor, like, I don't care. Like, we're on the same level. We're all sinners at the end of the day. But, like, there's this double life. Mm-hmm. And, like, we can lead this back into how today, like, every Christian is living. It doesn't matter if you're a pastor today or if you're you're just a person who's going to church, you know, just finding your belief in, in God and, like, it's like it seems like more and more people today are living this double life and I feel like I mean it's been here, you know, forever but like now like I'm seeing more evidently just the way like how the the culture and how more and more pastors or more and more Christians are trying to live like the culture. You feel me? Yeah. And I mean yeah. And it's like sad like I I I can't wrap my mind it's like it's really sad because like at the end of the day, like, I don't know. It's just, it's hard to describe. Like, this really is. Like, because, no, like, horrible. for me, like, like, I don't, I, I don't want to fall short. I do fall short, but I don't want to live this double life where, like, mm-hmm. you know who I am. I know who you are, but there's, like, a secret side of me that I'm hiding. Like, that's what Christians like really need. Like they kind of try to portray themselves as perfect. We know Christians aren't perfect, but they just have all this baggage behind them that they're hiding. And it's like, come on. Like for me, I, I'm all for being authentic. I mean, authentically, you know, being authentic, not to who you are, but to who's God made you to be. And like just being authentic and calling sin, sin and the, the struggles you had. Cause that's as Christians, like, we are supposed to be in a walk together with each other, because it's like like the Christians or the Christian walk has a cost to it, and it's hard. Mm-hmm. That's why God's placed, you know. That's why we should be in a fellow community with churches, you know, or with with people in the church to help us with that walk, you know. Yeah. And I don't I don't know like for me it just it breaks my heart to be honest it really does. Yeah. Like it breaks my heart so much. It's definitely. Um... Yeah, it's definitely spiritually uh, heavy to have to know that they, that that's how leaders in the church are. And I think um, while it might be these, you know, famous, very influential megachurch pastors, you know, uh, it's it's not the, the majority of Christians. Mm-hmm. It's not the majority of, uh, of pastors, you know. Uh, at least I wouldn't, I don't think so, but, um, which is comforting, but it's still, but the, 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 the public in the world doesn't see, you know, my small town pastor, you know, they don't, that's not who they see on TV as the representation of all Christianity. They see the Ravi Zacharias, the, um, the Brian Houston, the Hillsong, the, all of these people um that's who they see those are the people that are on the news and on tv and traveling the world and getting rich and famous from it and those are the people and so then when they fall when they mess up and they show their you know the other side to them uh, then it then it it hurts so much more because you know that that's not truly how Christians are supposed to be. Yeah. Now that's yet a, that's another way that the world's going to see Christianity. And so 
unfortunately that's just how the world is going to see Christianity. I mean, that's like the number one, especially against the Catholic church, like the number one criticism, like when people like, when like people try and come after them for stuff is they talk about all the, the sex abuse scandals that have happened from the priests and the cardinals at the Catholic church. Do you know, well, let me also, let me also add, Mm -hmm. my mom was telling me, so she's, she's Muslim. Like she says like the head of those people also struggle with that, Mm -hmm. like sexual abuse. And I'm like wondering, like, how are all these leaders who, you know, I don't believe, I, like I said, I only think Christianity is just true way, but how are all these different religion leaders are falling so short sexually? Like, I'm just like mind blown. But I mean, I guess like you say, like, I, I think. I don't know. I don't know what... I guess sex is, like, really the one thing that's most people glorify over God, I would say. Hmm. I mean... Hmm. That's a... Hmm. I don't know. I guess, in a way, I think it, it's... Uh, this would incorporate every sin, but I think we just prioritize ourselves over God more than anything but that incorporates every you know by you know sexual says me is me saying what i want is more important than what god tells me to do mm-hmm. you know right now right now what i want to do right now is more important than what god tells me to do so i'm just going to do this and then it's sexual sin or um apply that to anything what i want to do right now with my money is is more important than what god tells me to do with the money so i'm gonna do this and then it's you know financial sins like greed or theft or things like that you know what i mean so yeah. I think we just glorify ourselves over God too much. I don't know why it's so often in church leaders comes out through sex scandals. I don't know why it's that more than anything else, but maybe because it's just, hmm, it's the one that's most obvious because mm-hmm. like they're all rich, like for sure they're all rich. And we just kind of take that as a given and don't think about it. But then when the sex stuff happens, like, whoa, like this stuff is like, crazy but they're probably just as guilty of greed as they are of sexual sin maybe even more so they've probably been in greed for more time than they've been they've been in um you know committing these sexual sins and um you know other things like that i I feel like sexual sins are probably just the most visible one and it's the most jarring when we hear about it as opposed to like you know, there wouldn't be news articles written about, oh my gosh, this millionaire pastor that everyone knows is a millionaire. Did you know he's greedy? Like nobody's gonna write a news article about that because one, greed isn't really seen as a big sin by the by the world as much as like sexual violence is. And two, duh, duh, they're greedy. Obviously, I mean, it was Jesus himself who said that it's um, easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to go to heaven because... The love of money is the root of all evil. Yeah. Um, so. I, I think, yeah. yeah. I, I think that's why, like, now, like, I think we glorify church leaders way too much. I really, I yeah. think we do. We glorify them way too much, you know? Yeah. And, like, that's why, like, people are so heartbroken when they fall. Like, mm-hmm. they're, like, they glorify them as these perfect beings, and they try to hold them up here between god and like some pastors try to make themselves like that like mm-hmm. really they they try to make the shine all on them instead of pointing what's their real job is to point to god like i said the shepherd the flock 
and to point to God, to shepherd them closer to God. That's their job. And like, they people are just like they're glorifying God way too much, and it, or I mean, pastors way too much, and they need to like start glorifying God more. Like and look at it, like like because like a pastor like if like I know most people who like see like a famous pastor they're like awestruck. Mm-hmm. Like any famous person, you know? Like they're a celebrity. They're like, oh my goodness. But like, what makes you so different from me? Am I yeah. right? Like, we, we all fall short of the glory of God. We're all sinners mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Like, all because you have a higher standard doesn't mean you're better than me. Because right. just like you, just like you, I wasn't enough. Or mm-hmm. just like me, I wasn't enough. But you know, like I said, the only one who was enough for us was Jesus, you know? So, like, I, I, that's why I think, like, now, like, I guess we can circle back around since it's been, I don't know, an hour or so, hour and yes, 15, right? 15. Hour and 15, like, that's why, like, everything we should do, like, we shouldn't worry about people, we shouldn't, like, we shouldn't be, like, awestruck for people and, like, power or whatever you call it, because, like, at the end of the day, like, they're under God's authority and, like, everything we do at the end of the day should be for the glory of God and should be for living for him. I mean, it's just, like I said, it's just super sad to see it. Like for me, like, but like now, like you see the culture really, you it's more evident. Like really mm-hmm. like, like growing up, did you ever see any of this stuff? I mean, I bet you other people did, but like with more social mm-hmm. media, all this other stuff where it's just like so evident. It's like straight in your face. Like, he yeah. smacks you in the face, and you're like, dude, what? what? When did I ever see this when I was a younger kid? Yeah, well, luckily our parents probably shielded us from it, you know? <laughs> we never read about sexual abuse when we were seven. Like, parents <laughs> Thankfully, always I'm sure, but it was, out, it was out there. But I just don't think we saw it. Um, yeah, it's definitely a, a tough thing to deal with as being part of the church. But I think what you were saying is... Um, yeah, it's hard to keep, but I don't know that we're ever going to stop the world from viewing these people as the representatives of the church because they're the most famous. They're the ones that have huge churches and they have all the money. So obviously the world is always going to see them as the faces of the church. But as Christians, it would do us well to just not glorify these people, not think of these people as having it figured out more than we do, you know? Like, because I'll do that. I'll, I'll watch some pastor who i know i've seen a lot and i'm like wow he's just so smart and he's got it so figured out and he just lives so righteously and i'm like all that stuff like that's like my you know i might not like go through that, that thought process in my head explicitly but like that's my initial like oh that's my um instinctive thought i'm like wow what a what a righteous godly dude who knows so much and he's just so wise and i'm like but who knows you don't know you don't know if they have for sure all that stuff in the closet we don't know and so it would do us well to like we said in the very beginning circling all the way back around like you said to just have discernment just and to just like you do with the music where you know you listen to secular music some of it's not so bad and some of it's you know it's or like with the christian music like you were saying where like mm-hmm. some of it's bad theology so you just kind of ignore it and then take good theology so we have to do with these these people they're not perfect they're not better than us they're not anything really besides yeah. um famous and so we just have to just remember that and listen to them and when they say good stuff we agree and we learn from it but you know we don't hold them as the source of all truth you know what i mean that's 
we'll have to get into this at some point. We'll have to talk about a lot about Catholicism at some point because that's obviously different than the way we believe and the way we do things because we're not Catholic. But like they have the idea of um I don't know if I mentioned this in the last podcast or if I mentioned it on like the practice episode we did, but they have the idea of um um that the Pope is infallible. Like they it's one of their doctrines that he when he's not that he's you know perfect in every way but that when he's when he's speaking as the pope with his authority when he speaks on matters of the church and doctrine that he is infallible and what he says is without error and um yeah that's what i think we should avoid is assuming that these people just because they have authority and they're smart and they're influential that they are infallible when they yeah i I mean i think when they give their opinions i think the fundamentals of the bible like not like the little stuff like you know maybe secular music but the fundamentals Mm -hmm. like the gospel and like the commandments of of god and what jesus taught and what, what the bible says like really fundamental doctrines and theology like that's something that's undisputable like especially the gospel you know but like the things like and I think I think as mm-hmm. Christians, like we get too caught up on the little things where we miss out on the big things that people, you know, may be speaking falsely that we just like go along with like, yeah, that's right, that's right. But like we just miss it totally because we're so focused on the all the minimal things. Which is, you know I mean, at the end right. of the day, like I said, we won't know most of the stuff. We won't know. It's like election or like predestination. Yeah. We we'll get into this some other time. We're like predestination or free will. Like we don't know. Like the Bible speaks on both. Mm-hmm. Like we don't know. Like it, we will. I don't know if we'll ever know. Like to be honest, maybe if we die, like maybe we gain that. I don't. I don't think. I think God will. I don't, I don't know that we can. Because our, our our small minds can't, mm-hmm. can't comprehend that. But like we get sucked, and I think like. As Christians, like the yeah. one main thing we need to do is, is that it's to preach the gospel, like Jesus gave us, just to preach the gospel, preach this good news, because people are thirsting for that good news, and preach the the true good news, the true gospel, not just like some false gospel that brings prosperity, right. makes it about you. No, you know the gospel that you know it, it's about God, it's about giving God glory, you know that type of gospel, the gospel that gives true hope, you know. And like that—that's—that's that's what you know. As Christians, we mm-hmm. really need to strive to do more now. Like, in my in my opinion, you know. Yeah. No, I agree. Definitely, I think it's like we we said last time when we finished uh, talking about Vernon Robertson. Um, solution to all of these problems is just read the Bible. Just read it and know it yourself, and then you don't have to worry about any of this stuff, you know? You'll know that these church leaders aren't perfect. They're just people. And you'll know that all this stuff that Brandon Robertson's teaching is messed up. But um, it applies to everything. Just reading the Bible and knowing the Bible is... It, it's, it's the solution to every every problem, really. It's like when Jesus was in the desert for 40 days yeah. and he was tempted by Satan... What was his solution to meeting Satan face to face? He just quoted scripture. He just knew scripture. Hey. And that's hey, got him let out me, of that. Let me say it. Let me say it. 
you need to crack open the Bible. And when you crack open the Bible, guess what? You can counter the culture. Because we're not here, like like I said, we're not here for to be politically correct or some other correct. We're only here to be biblically correct. Oh. Like at the end of the day, you call yourself a Christian or Christian, biblically correct, mm. not politically, not like all the other stuff that like becomes new every single day and that changes in the culture. Because there's nothing foundational in the culture that doesn't stay the same for a year or maybe even a day. To be honest, like. All the things I hear, like, day by day, it just changes. But, like, we need to crack open. Christians need to do a better yeah. job of cracking up, opening this and start studying it for themselves, you know. That, that's really what it comes down to, boy, because you read mm-hmm. this, and you're going to look in the culture, and you look in your life, like, it says the total opposite. And, like, I, I love, I told you, whatever you call it, like, what uh, Aaron Brockett said about progressive Christianity, how that's kind of big now, but, like, he kind of used it like, you know, my, oh yeah, my job, you know, as a, people were mad that I was a progressive Christian or a pastor, but you know, I am a progressive pastor because I want to progress the gospel to you know all nations, and that's like, as Christians, that's what we should do, and that's what I challenge everyone to do, because like, if mm. you love God so much and you have friends in your life, like, yeah, you want to be a good friend and a loving friend, and if you're a loving and good friend, you would teach or you know, preach the gospel to them. So they're they're able to, you know, spend eternity with you in heaven right. with God, which is, you know, a great party, a great feast. It's like a, what do they describe, like a wedding? Uh, No, it's a great feast. Yeah, yeah, a wedding, yeah. Yeah, like a wedding. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, like a wedding because the, the church is the bride. <laughs> we try. We know, know the theology. Something to learn every the day. theology down. Yep. Yeah. All right. We well, got to. Yeah. Um, announcements before we end, we have updates. Okay, I'm gonna look into the camera for this one. Um, first of all, Brandon Robertson's book. We didn't forget all of you guys who watched the first episode. I'm pulling it up right now. We didn't forget about his book. That piece of what surely will go down as historical literature. Literature. Um, it came out today. It'll be a week. It'll be a week ago when you guys watch this, but today for us filming, it came out today and we got it ordered. So it, we, had, we had to pre-order it, but it just came out today. So it'll it'll be here and we'll get it and we'll read it on the podcast, like we said, and um, you'll see it. We haven't forgotten about that. Also, we have a challenger, okay? You guys gotta see oh, yeah. this. On YouTube, I, the other day, yeah, when I went to go look up our YouTube account for the first time, uh, our YouTube channel, I found out, let me just show you right here. We have a challenger. Look at the two of us right here. Let's make sure for you, Derek. Right here. We're at 11 subscribers. They're at 56. There's another counterculture podcast, guys. We we need 56 subscribers is within our reach, okay? We, we got this. We have that many followers on Instagram, 50. I think, at this point. I don't even know how many followers we have on Instagram. We had like 40, but I've been getting alerts over the past couple of days. We have 50? Guys, if all of you... And we had 76 views on the video. If all of you subscribe, we can be the number one counterculture Bro, podcast like that I'm aware of, or, at least. Okay? Wait, so that's our mission. Click on video... Last time they posted Man. was one year ago. Come on, guys. 
This is easy, yeah, just, okay? Yeah, we got this. So this will post a week from today. So as soon as this posts, I'm expecting our subscribers to go way up and for people, for us to beat this guy, okay? Not that I don't love him. I mean, he's, I, I, hey, he's sure. a great guy. Maybe we'll watch some of his videos. <laughs> um, no, I haven't. But like, just read have the you captions. Watched them? They're pretty, pretty nice. Oh. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm yeah, sure he's preaching hey, great stuff. Just a little friendly competition. Because there can be only one. There, there's not room in this, oh, oh, on whoa, this whoa. Uh, website. There's for, Counterculture Mom. For two Counterculture <laughs> podcasts. <laughs> There can be only one. Bro, she's got... She's <laughs> Counterculture got, mom, Tina Griffin. Bro, that's crazy. Shout out. Shout out Tina Griffin. Jordan Pearson. Growing up and being useful is a new counterculture. Facts. Dinesh D'Souza. Anyway, we're getting distracted. But that's it for episode two. We went all the place today. We didn't even get on TikTok. Crazy. You're into TikTok. Considering how into TikTok we are. But next time we'll go back. I love some progressive Christianity TikToks. He watches TikTok. I love watching them. But next time, he he was freaking out when Instagram was shutting down. (laughs) Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for listening to episode two, and we'll see you guys next week. Okay, bye bye.